Hello, and welcome to Mixed Signals, the show for definitive opinions about all things audio. I'm Berk Mola, and with me are Jack Newcomb and Vasilis Paras. We're the arbiters of sound. And together, we shall define the undefinable and settle all audio debates forever. And welcome to Mix Signals slash Magical Gear, where we will be talking about gear that is magical and has helped us create wonderful sounds and has a very, very special place in our hearts. I'm Vasilis. Today I'm joined by my co-host Berk Mola and our very, very special guest from Germany, Alex Filipidis. Alex. Hey there. Hello. How are you, Alex? How's Germany? Fine, I guess. Under these circumstances, as fine as you can be. Are you in lockdown as well? Yeah, we are. We are. <laughs> what, like the third, fourth time? Well, we had a lockdown light, sort of. So it's a two and a half <laughs> time, sort of. So yeah, this is the, the first time we do international mixed signals. So Alex is joining us uh, all the way from Baden-Württemberg in rural Germany. Thank you for having me. And uh, Alex is here because uh, he is going to talk to us about his magical uh, piece of gear. And what is that piece of gear, Alex? Well, I've uh, chosen the twosome fuzz by Blackout Effectors, which is basically a fuzz. Should we explain what a fuzz does or does that go like, is it too general? I guess it's a very special fuzz we're talking about, or at it least is, it's very yes. special for you. So you might as well explain what exactly does this fuzz do. If you think of what fuzz does general is, um, it sort of puts distortion into your guitar tone and um, kills your signal, so, sort of. This one is um, a kind of special one because it has um, many knobs and many things to choose from and uh, I think you wouldn't call it a typical one though it's based on some typical normal fuzzes you know it's I think there's a fuzz phase in there and uh, a big muff okay so it's some kind of uh, Frankenstein monster of uh, famous fuzzes it's it's based on some classical stuff um, and it has all like put in one box, sort of, and but it still sounds unique, if if that makes sense. What's your relationship with Fuzzberg? What's my relationship with Fuzz? Well, you know, as a guitarist, I feel like I should have used it more, but I don't have much of a relationship with Fuzz, <laughs> so that's why this episode is very exciting for me. <laughs> Hear more about <laughs> Frankenstein Fuzzes. I mean, why is that? Because for me, my main... Uh, relationship with fuzz was a, a big muff pie and it didn't really go well together with my telecaster so i had a very bad initial relationship with fuzz and definitely alex inspired me to look more into into fuzz but what was it that made you not like a big fuzz person i don't know really um i guess the kind of things that i was playing at the time um i just wanted like well, first of all, I didn't know too much about gear, especially when I started. Uh, and, you know, you could argue 
that I know much less than you now. But um, <laughs> that aside, you know, I was kind of playing a lot of metal. And for that, uh, yeah, I just kind of went for a different tone, really. Did you have a metal zone? Mm, not quite, but something <laughs> uh. probably quite similar and, you know, less refined. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure Alex had a metal zone. No, but I used the one in Guitaric. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the mezone. The mezzone, yes. Yeah. Pretty sure you get like um, a square wave, uh, yeah. wave out of it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're getting off track. <laughs> uh, we're talking about Fuzz because Fuzz obviously has seen a, a, a renaissance lately and by lately it's more than a decade now. I think a lot of people are really, really obsessed with Fuzz right now and boutique Fuzz pedals. And But for me, the first time that I met someone that was into Fuzz uh, so much was definitely Alex. And I remember Alex <laughs> talking about this pedal a very, very long time ago, and it got me really, really excited listening to uh, to him play that pedal. So uh, when did you get that pedal, Alex? Well, I got that pedal like in my early 20s, which about, I don't know. We should mention that what, you're 65 now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 65 now. <laughs> it's about, about 10 years ago, I think. Okay. So... Um, I just started a band called Prinum. We didn't really know what style we are going to play, but we knew it's going to be something experimental, you know, something psychedelic maybe, um, and that it's probably going to be instrumental. And um, well, what do you do if you play instrumental, experimental guitar music? You Commit commercial suicide. <laughs> <laughs> no, acoustic suicide only. <laughs> so um, you get a bunch of pedals. The other guitarist uh, I played in that band with, uh, Damian, he um, went and bought some pedals. So I thought, I need some pedals. Fuck, I need some fucking pedals. <laughs> because he had all these nice pedals and he was getting all these nice sounds. Well, what do you do? What do you buy first? I think... It's, uh, it was uh, the obvious choice. You buy a tuner <laughs> and you buy a delay pedal. So I first went and bought the uh, Boss Airy 20, the Space Echo. The Space Echo. Mm. Yes. Well, that's an amazing pedal. Which was really nice and I loved it. Um, that could be another magical piece of yeah. gear, but uh, <laughs> maybe for another episode. So... Um, I'm a student at that time, you know, um, income is low to none. I have one pedal and one tuner, if you sort of count it as, as a pedal. Well, then Dami did a really nice thing because he just came into a rehearsal room one day and said, yeah, I have a nice pedal here. I think it would suit your style. I'm, I'm pretty sure you, you would like it. And he just slams it on my board and... Suddenly I have like a, I don't know, 300 euro boutique uh, fuzz pedal next to my space echo. I'm like, it's Christmas uh, <laughs> all over again. That's how I got um, into that pedal. I didn't choose it. I'm, it. I didn't know actually what a fuzz does to that point, probably. So that was my door into the world of um, noises. <laughs> so wait, hold on. You got it gifted to you? Did I understand that correctly? No, it's more of like um, a loan. You just use it. 
Okay. Just use it, yeah. Um, Damir said he um, he had a, also had a band as a student, another one, and he had a friend who had done the same thing with him. So he said, oh, I'm going to just do the same thing now with you with different roles. And <laughs> it's, uh, it was a nice, nice thing to do. And I think I would do it also like that if I <laughs> start a new <laughs> band with a student now. <laughs> like a rite of passage, like hand me down, sort of, yes. you know, gear. Nice. Exactly. So do you do you still have the pedal? No. Um, I actually, that band disbanded uh, some time ago, and um, I obviously gave it back to the right owner because I thought he should definitely use it at some <laughs> point. <laughs> uh, and I don't have it anymore. I only miss it in nostalgic ways, if, if um, that makes any sense. Uh, but maybe we, we can talk about that later. <laughs> So, because we've uh, done all these big introductions, we haven't really talked about the pedal. So It's um, two pedals from Blackout Effectors in one pedal. So, you have the fixed fuzz, which is actually actually two fuzzes in a pedal. It it's, sounds uh, really like Inception here. <laughs> um, so, you have uh, the fixed fuzz, which has two fuzzes in one circuit. Uh, it has... Um, the bass fuzz, which is actually a um, well-known DIY fuzz. Um, pretty simple, nice circuit. And you also have um, a misbiased fuzz phase. So it's a modified fuzz phase, um, which you can get some really weird sounds out of it. That sounds very weird. It's, it's really interesting, yes. And then on the other side, you have the musket fuzz, which is actually some modified Russian Big Muff. And I think these uh, are all pedals that these, this pedal is loosely based on. Um, so I don't think they're like exact replicas or something. I'm sh pretty sure the, they have done something to the circuits. Okay, so effectively what you're saying is that one half is called the mixed fuzz and the other one's called the musket fuzz. The fixed fuzz, yes. And together they're called the, the twosome fuzz. Exactly. You sort of have three fuzzes in one pedal and you also can you know, you sort of link two of them together if you want to, I don't know, uh, kill your amp or something. <laughs> It sounds complicated, but once you get a hand of it, you um, really start to appreciate those uh, controls you have and there's different things you can do with it. Okay, I mean, you know what? Let's listen to uh, an example of a basic sound you can make with that pedal. Since you said that uh, that, that, is, that pedal is on your uh, record with Prinum, isn't it? I've done two records with Prinum and it is it is on every record. It's almost my m machine for um, lead sounds. Okay, so is this from uh, the the Rational Animals uh, record? This is the first record we, we did, yes. Um, the, it's on the muff side uh, of sound and you have a sort of classic sustained fuzz sound, I would say. Okay, let's give it a listen.
Okay, well, I mean, sounds like nice classic fuzz, as you're saying. Sounds pretty nice. It does. It, it's, I mean, it's, it's um, like, I don't know, um, the recipe from your grandma to a <laughs> nice dish, you know? You don't, um, you need that sometimes. You don't want that, um, I don't know, Korean uh, fusion style uh, <laughs> uh, thing to eat. But yeah, it's, I mean, it does like the Pink Floyd sounds. You uh, actually had the Big Muff. So would you reckon it's, do you hear the, <laughs> <laughs> my Big Muff sucks. <laughs> it's not only the, the pedal itself, but uh, of course, yeah. it's, it's the, it's the guitar. So I'm saying my experience with my, it is, it is. Uh, with my Big Muff was bad with, uh, I had very low output, uh, telecast a single call humbuckers, uh, sorry, single call humbuckers. <laughs> Uh, low output single coil uh, pickups and I think that you are mainly using uh, humbuckers aren't you well uh, at that point I used uh, humbuckers and EMGs so I mean I had a huge output so even active yes which which resulted in even in an even more sustained sound so um, I I mean I, I could hold that note forever it feels nice if you're like in front of an amp and you hold your note and you know okay you can hold it you just say say what you have to say it is can be 10 seconds could be so one for, minute. For, for that kind of sound what is your kind of let's say standard signal chain if i activate uh, the fuzz i think the only thing that comes after it usually is um the space echo so some delay obviously a big part of the sound is the pedal, but what kind of uh, guitar are you using and what kind of amplifier are you using and anything else that might be in between? So in Pranum I used uh, a Jim Root Telecaster, you know, with the classic EMG 85-81 combination. Telecaster only in name. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably only name and looks, but yeah, it's it's a monster. It's not, it, do, it doesn't have a really telecaster sound but yeah very high output guitar basically really high output yes um probably used mostly for metal uh, uh, i think the setup is is like a high gain setup more well then i go into my pedals um and out of my pedals i go to an ac30 and is that the, the clean channel or the top boost channel on that recording i think it's um the top boost channel. Okay, so you're yeah. you're definitely getting a bit of drive from the you're driving the amplifier as well. Yes, uh, what I what I used to do is like um, max up the um, master and get as less from the preamp as I could. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I would I would try to keep it clean and um, you know get all my distortions from from pedals. But your neighbors hate you. <laughs> Well, <laughs> if I would have that amp here uh, in my home, they pretty sure surely would hate me, or they would call the police because it's it's really loud. It's a loud setup. But you know the rehearsal room we had; it's nobody cared around there. So it's like in an industrial space. It's a cellar. Um, it stinks. It uh, probably has rats in it. I don't know. Um, but you can be as loud as you want. So. Um, that was the main the, the dark the dark part of Germany. <laughs> <laughs> so we we've listened to the to the basic uh, fuzzy sound of the pedal, mm. but like you said, this kind of sounds like a, a a big muff basically. But I'm guessing mm. this is not what makes it so 
special. So no, I'm really curious to listen to other sounds more, <laughs> more of the experimental sounds. So you you can dial some classic sounds out of it, um, but the really interesting ones were um, the sounds where it's like farted while dying i don't know that's that's how i would, I would des- this describe is, it this is my favorite description this is what I, i've been waiting for <laughs> <laughs> so um let's jump into the example with um which i called dying fast mayhem <laughs> nice <laughs> from a song called i'm afraid dave I mean, to me, it sounds very crispy. That's the word that I would associate with this. Very crispy kind of, you know, it's, it just sounds like your whole sound is covered with, like, cornflakes or something. <laughs> <laughs> Razor blade cornflakes, maybe, yeah. sort of, yeah. Cutting you. Um, well, the, the interesting thing about that fuzz is um, it's, it's really unpredictable. So... Um, you're not really sure how, how your guitar will, will react to, to it. Um, it has an, like sort of an attack to it, but then the, uh, the note uh, starts slowly dying off, so the sustain isn't uh, quite as the first example uh, that we heard. So And as it starts dying off, um, you can still hear some of the overtones of, of the string, not all of them, so it, it kind of fades out into into some of those high overtones. And um, yeah, I don't know, it, it sounds amazingly interesting for me. Um, while at the same time shitting itself, <laughs> if you would like to say so. And it's really unpredictable because if you, um, you know, if you turn your volume knob at your guitar, it's suddenly behaves completely differently and um, you get another weird sound out of it. Or if you um, get another pedal, like, um, I don't know, uh, maybe an overdrive in combination, it it gets really interesting and you can get lots of sounds out of it, I would say. But yeah, that that crispy dying thing um, that it does with the overtones, um, for me, it sounds amazing. So just to, I mean you on the spot maybe but do you remember what makes it you know what makes that sound in terms of like uh the settings on the pedal or like the combination of the two fuzzes working together or three fuzzes working together like what is it that makes that effect instead of the first classic fuzz that we heard so it's um it's based on a misbiased fuzz phase so what that means is um it's actually set up a bit wrong Mm. So on the electronic side of it, and um, so it doesn't behave quite as it should do. So it it really squashes and does something to your to your signal. Um, yeah, it basically destroys it. But you know, in the fuzz world, um, bad often means really good. 
<laughs> yeah, clearly. So, clearly. No, that's really interesting. I've done a bit of uh, reading on, uh, on on fast biasing as well because I think that this is definitely the sound that I like and uh, that kind of destroyed sound which you can very clearly mm. hear here. And uh, I don't know if that's the cornflakes uh, sound or <laughs> if it's a bit uh, sizzly or if it's farty or if it's all of those things uh, uh, together. And definitely that is not by any means the Big Muff sound. It is something much more raw. It is, yes. And yeah, as you're saying, what you're doing is you're making the the electronics of the fuzz operate where they're not comfortable operating. So basically, a lot of your signal is kind of lost. It's overdriven to the point where there's nothing there and you start getting all of these uh, dropouts and all of these gating effects. Mm -hmm. And... Definitely, that is one type of uh, one family of fuzz that is very, very interesting. It is. It's um, sort of it becomes an animal or an instrument of its own. I think if you start <laughs> squeezing it and pushing it. <laughs> I mean, this example that you played is very interesting, especially if you listen to the guitar in isolation. can listen to the all those harmonics that are happening and at the same time uh, you are playing with loads of feedback on the amplifier aren't you? I am I mean um, it surely is one component component to that sound I think what it does is um, it makes the that um, harmonic overtones sort of um, vibrate and getting into all that sound I would have a hard time to get that sound out of a quiet setup, you know, something like a DI setup or something. No, that's very nice. And I mean, you're not playing though, you're not playing many notes. You're just playing huge sustained notes, and the texture just keeps changing and shifting, and it creates like a very full sound. That's probably um, once again that unpredictability. The, the note just keeps forming <laughs> and transforming into overtones and um, scratching your face <laughs> at the same time. So back then when you had the pedal, what was the inspiration that that pedal gave you? Like, Because why is it so magical for you and why <laughs> wouldn't you just replace it with another fuzz? Why not replace it with a, again, with a broken fuzz face or whatever is uh, the... Well, at that time it was... It was like, um, here's, here's the pedal, and I'm like, oh, what's that? What? Is a fuzz? It's a fuzz? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what a fuzz does. Let's, let's try it out. And um, it sort of opened a, a whole new door, uh, sonically maybe. And I'm not sure if, if, um, if Damir just had bought another pedal and gave it to me at that moment. It, it probably would have done the same. It, it would have had some of the same effect. Uh, on me because it was like um, yeah that's the first animal of, of a whole range of species uh, I got to try at, at that part what it did to me was like um, okay let's write a solo in that song because I need to use that pedal it's, it's, <laughs> I need to use it in every song <laughs> and that's a really big effect a pedal can have uh, on your 
music. Uh, some parts probably wouldn't be there if I didn't have the sound um, to my feet. So basically, you're saying that a big part of uh, the music you were writing was because you had that pedal. Definitely, yeah, I think so. So you were taking decisions based on having access to certain sounds and if it was another pedal, maybe you would have made different kinds of uh, guitar music. Surely, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure about that. Uh, you know, um, if we think of the last example, I, if I didn't have um, a pedal that sounds so nice with um, like sustained notes, Maybe I wouldn't have used so much uh, sustained notes. It's pretty surely um, have an effect on how you write. I mean, do you think it's that magical in this uh, point uh, that it's irreplaceable? Right now, would you be able to do similar things with other gear because you form that kind of uh, musical taste? Or do you think that this is specifically the piece of gear you need in order to make these sounds? No, I'm, I think you can replace it. And it depends on how much like um, a sound maniac you are. Like, uh, do you want to have 100% that sound? There are people like, like that um, and that's totally okay. Uh, but I personally think more in, um, in directions. So um, you can go into that sound direction, I think, mm -hmm. uh, and you would get the same sonic effect in a mix, probably. Meanwhile, I don't think you um, have to have that one piece of gear to get that sound. It's, it's probably isn't true for some sounds, because there, there is gear where you get that sound and nothing else probably does it. But on fast territory, I think you, you could get that sound with a lot of other pedals, probably. So in a way, I mean, you're saying that it's not necessarily the gear. It's kind of like, you know, that moment in time where something happened and, you know, someone gave you that pedal or it could have been a different pedal. And that's kind of partly what creates the magic, I guess. It's like a, a turning point in your life, right? Definitely, yeah. So it's, it's a combination of... Um, of two factors. I think on the, one, the one side is the gear factor. So you probably have some nice gear, uh, which is well-crafted. It does lots of interesting things. But on the other side, I think it's the circumstances. So um, what are you doing uh, at that time? I mean, it, if you think that it was um, the first time I used fast, it's, it's obviously that if you use a nice fast the first time you use fast, you're going to sort of have some connection to it um, and have some relationship to it. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely relate to that. You develop a personal connection with the gear and then every time you play with that gear, you just, you make yourself believe that this is something very, very unique. And even... You do, if, yeah. I'm pretty sure that, you know, on, on a blind test, if someone gave you another pedal that might sound very, very similar, maybe you would say they're equally good. But then when you have them in, in front of you, probably you are in love with one and that inspires you to make more music and better music rather than uh, the other. Well, that's that sounds like the perfect definition of magical gear. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not some special transistors in this case. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's like um, pretty standard silicon transistors from uh, what I've seen with my limited electronic 
knowledge. <laughs> so it's just a series of moments where you fool yourself into, the, you know, believing that this is magical. <laughs> is, that, is that the pessimistic view we're getting to? <laughs> no. Yeah, I, a... <laughs> I wouldn't say you fool yourself. Uh, <laughs> but I think, I think the, the moments you have are truly magical because, um, you know, the nice moments you have, um, really fun. Uh, you listen to nice sounds and um, then you probably connect with those moments. Um, that's what your brain does. Yeah, I don't know if this is a sad conclusion. I mean, obviously, <laughs> there is something... I would say no. There is something special, definitely, about the sound. I'm pretty sure that we are saying all those things, but if it was another pedal that sounded like crap, then... Definitely, yeah. Potentially. That's why I said it's like one, one side of the puzzle. The sounds are unique, but you, you, if you see the more general picture, like the sound class, if you would like to mm -hmm. say so, yeah, there, there are other, other pedals uh, in that sound class. For the same reasons, I could argue that my first experience with uh, Fuzz was the Muff, and uh, I just didn't gel with it. And it's sitting here next to me, and I haven't played it for a very, very long time. And uh, it didn't create... Uh, you know, those feelings because I just didn't like the sound. And, um, and I can think of other overdrive pedals that I'm obsessed with. Definitely the Rat, for instance, <laughs> is one of those. Uh... That's probably the reason why every guitarist has like his pedals, which are the, the only true pedals and his amp for him. Yeah, uh, yeah. at least. Yeah, yeah. Though I was just going to make another philosophical point. It's like, you know, music is about emotions, right? And... Even though, you know, a piece of gear, it's like an electronic circuit, it's reproducible, you, you can create, you know, multiple copies of the same thing. Like, there's a lot of emotion in picking gear and using gear and what it means to you, basically, as a musician. So I think that's very, it's kind of fitting in that way. That's true. Um, I think you buy a guitar or a pedal and after a time, it's your guitar and your pedal, sort mm. of. Um, that's why I really don't care about... Um, like scratches and dings and donks, uh, <laughs> donks. My anymore because, yeah, <laughs> because because they are. It's like putting your story on on the on the guitar, like you fucked up and scratched it mm. <laughs> that time. Yeah, I like that. So your experience uh, with uh, the pedal led you to appreciating fuzz, like you said before, and doing more things with uh, fuzz sounds and and things like that. And recently, you've told me you've actually started. Uh, building fast pedals. Well, um, yeah, if if um, you count buying kits, guitar pedal kits, and wiring wiring them together and soldering. I mean, that's a start, obviously. Well, it's like Lego for for adults. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking because it's it's very interesting uh, building guitar pedals, and definitely there's a lot of people out there that think they don't have the skills and they don't have the knowledge, but they might be interested in getting into that uh, world of building guitar pedals. And obviously, uh, I'm no expert and I've tried building a couple of pedals in the past with not much success. <laughs> so the question is basically from you now that you've been doing this for a couple of months, if someone wants to get started into building their own pedals, in this case, like simple overdrive pedals, analog fast pedals and things like that, what would be a good uh, way to start? What would you need in terms of uh, hardware, resources on the internet, or where do you get things from just generally? Mm -hmm. Like a very, very basic level guide of 
how do we get into building pedals? The first thing you're going to need is a soldering iron. <laughs> so, um, but I would say if you don't know if uh, that's a thing you would like to do, just buy a cheap soldering iron. Try it out <laughs> if it's if 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 you are comfortable with hot stuff uh, and hot metals uh, burning in your I don't know attic or something. I I, <laughs> I slightly disagree. I slightly disagree with you on that because. Yeah, buy, buy cheap, but definitely buy something with enough power because I've had bad experiences before with uh, soldering irons that were not hot enough. There's different kinds of uh, powers uh, in, uh, in soldering irons and some are made for uh, more sensitive electronics. And definitely my situation was that I had one of those soldering irons that wouldn't get very, very hot. So if you're trying to just do like basic... Uh, uh, soldering resistors and things like that it would take so much time so that that was my my mistake and i and i bought that at the time because it was probably the cheapest one and it looked like good enough and then i ended up uh, getting rid of it and buying another one which was i don't know probably something like 40 euros or something like that well i think that's a good price range for a sol soldering iron the next thing you would like to do i think is you you get online um and you buy a kit uh, f and I would start with some sort of um, overdrive distortion circuit because it's analog, it mostly doesn't have lots of components. I buy my stuff from um, musikding.de. It's a German site, but I think they ship to UK. I'm not sure about it. And you can buy uh, ready solder kits, even with um, drilled enclosures. So you don't have to drill your enclosures by yourself, which is another tricky point, I think, because you have to have access to a drill. Uh, you have to have... Um, the drill bits, like the sizes Drill bits, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly, yes. Um, it can be tricky. So if you can buy pre-drilled um, enclosures at the beginning, you should probably do it. From there on, it's just Lego. Um, <laughs> you should probably watch the tutorial on how to solder and put all those things together. You d definitely don't need to know like um, how the circuit works. I was just gonna ask: Are there any resources that are, you know, where you can find everything, or do you just kind of have to do a little search yourself? You probably have to do a little search if you want to um, find everything. But um, Electrosmash is a pretty good site, I think. Because it's, I think he analyzes uh, like all the classical stuff. So that's maybe a site where you should start, maybe. A good starting point. Is there anything dangerous? Is there anything you should watch out when you're building those like entry <laughs> level? Definitely. <laughs> is, is there danger of death or danger of third degree burns? or? Well, uh, you have a soldering iron and you can burn stuff. I think that's the um, dangerous part. Um, you could screw up some components, but it's not that much money involved, like in a basic distortion uh, circuit. I think that's like 20, 30 euros. So that is, the, that is the price of a circuit like that, around 20, 30 euro pounds. Uh... Around that, yes. Um, you know, you can spend some more, like if you want some fancy knobs or if you want some, I don't know, fancy enclosure or something. Uh, you can always spend more, but... Um, Electronics, I mean, the the um, components like resistors and transistors and that are usually um, 
I mean, the maximum price you can pay for a transistor is like if you have an old school germanium transistor, which you can't find anymore, you, you probably pay some five to 15 euros for it wow. or something. I don't know. This is how expensive germanium transistors are. They can be, but they don't have to be. Like you mm. get, you can also get some for like two euros, I think. And how long did it take you to build your first pedal? How long did it take you, did it take you to go from like zero to, wow, <laughs> I've built a pedal now and it works and I can play? Well, you should, you should calculate some time in it. Uh, I just said to myself, uh, today I'm going to build it and I'm going to do nothing else. So um, I think it was a few hours, like six maybe or something. And the reason is because um, I wanted to do everything right. So I took my time, checked everything like triple or quadruple or something. Um, you should take your time uh, doing it. Enjoy it. It's, it's a fun thing to do, uh, after all. If you just would like the pedal and you hate building it, you probably shouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's patience, definitely. And someone that likes a bit of DIY and is patient enough to test things. and Surely. I think many things can also go wrong at the first time. I mean, you've experienced it, haven't you? <laughs> I've, uh, I've experienced it in uh, university building other circuits, which I hated, to be honest. So I'm not really <laughs> sure if I'm <laughs> Berk as well. Yeah, I remember those days. I have set things on fire. Uh, obviously, it was higher voltage <laughs> things. I have done very, very stupid things. I have thrown burning resistors in a fish tank in university as well. <laughs> <laughs> So sounds like a fun story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not really sure that it it is for me although I'm really really interested in but every time I realize that maybe I don't have the manual skills and the patience required to do everything nice and neatly. By the way you said you measured everything wouldn't you need do you need a a, a multimeter or something like that to be able to measure the components and the values of things in a circuit? If you if you say I'm going to wire it good and <laughs> everything is going to be wired perfectly you don't need one probably but if, if something goes wrong you probably have to go with a, a multimeter over there and um, you know it's not, it's not I wouldn't say it's an easy thing to measure that stuff but you can um, get some help from good people on forums I think um, lots of uh, pedal building communities out there I think you can get some help Help, my desk is burning. How do I <laughs> extinguish the fire? <laughs> so, yeah, do you reckon now that you can build your own pedals that one of these pedals now gets those magical qualities? It can be <laughs> the, next, the next thing that you fall in love with and just because you made it yourself. Mm, yeah, sort of. I think... Some of the gear I've built um, has the quality to be magical, at least for some sort of period, <laughs> probably. Um, use it, but don't get stuck on it, sort of, you know? Don't think it's the only way. Uh, don't close any doors just because you found something cool. Um, so, yeah, uh, I found, I think I found the magical gear for the next few songs maybe and then we'll see <laughs> <laughs> well on those amazing words of advice Alex uh, thank you so much for being here today 
and you know sharing your stories with us. Thank you for having me. And your magical gear as well. I'm sure uh, our listeners have learned a lot today. So, and well, I, well, we certainly have. So, thanks again. Hope to see you some other time. Thank you for having me, guys. Uh, it was fun talking about those past magical moments. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Alex. And thanks to everyone for listening to us. If you'd like more information on the things we talked about today, check the show notes. You can find links to Prinium's music, more recordings of the two Sumfas, and links for getting started with building your own pedals. You can also find our social media links, so you can follow us everywhere. Follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at Arbiters of Sound. Have a happy new year, everyone. See you soon in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.